Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study every Monday morning, Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, pastor of Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you've joined us live or you're watching on one of the avenues in which we push our stream out uh, after we have broadcasted live. That could be the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Also, I'm uh, now broadcasting and recording on my Spreaker account. You can get a Spreaker app for your phone and look for uh, our channel for those who have ears to hear. And you uh, can hear uh, the audio version if you'd rather just listen to the audio than watch the video, uh, that's great, and uh, we will be blessed. Uh, last Thursday morning, we came in, and we recorded, and about 13 minutes into the broadcast, the batteries just went off. The batteries drained every once in a while. You'll have some of those rechargeable batteries reach their the end of their life, and that's what happened. They just faded out and died 13 minutes into it, and that was part four of chapter seven in the book of Romans. So that's what we'll do again this morning, part four of chapter seven. want to make sure we get all this together. And again, everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to those places I just told you about our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and now we're attempting to get even all the audio uploaded to everything we do uh, on my Spreaker account. And again, that channel is for those who have ears to hear. And uh, we're just honored and blessed to be sharing God's Word. Uh, I have these out every week, some of the product that we've recorded. And uh, these are really specifically for, they're for anybody who wants to buy them. They're $25 each, any three that we have out of about 10 to 12 series for $60. And you can donate that on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. But you know what? These days, things like this, uh, because everything is out on social media anyway that we do, uh, for free to you uh, through those avenues I've already shared with you. But these are those things that people want to put in their vehicle, their stereo system going down the road or out in their shop or, or whatever. Maybe people who don't use uh, computers and they don't do the internet and they don't know, even know what the cloud means other than the things floating around in the sky. That's what these are for. Uh, there's not many of these that are being sold anymore because the, unless it's by you know ministries who don't produce everything that they do out there but everything we do here at Crossway Church you can find it on those avenues that I've told you every service on Sunday, Wednesday or Monday, Thursday and Friday morning Bible teaching uh, and right now presently every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time in the studio we're teaching on the subject of righteousness and we are being very blessed, and I encourage you to tune in and to be with us and or to uh, find uh, these teachings, these Bible teachings, uh, after the fact when you get off work on the weekends, whenever you can avail yourself to them. But as for now, we are going to get into this uh, teaching today, and again, we're in Romans chapter 7. This is part 4. Uh, today is uh, June the 3rd. We just got through having a wonderful and beautiful wedding for my son Noah and his bride Kaylin. 
and uh, they're getting ready to head off uh, uh, to Mexico and for their little honeymoon. I'm telling you, it was a, it was a very busy weekend, but a blessed weekend. And uh, we are just blessed to see our kids growing up and, and going the way that they're going. And uh, there's even more to come in the days ahead, praise God. But here we are, Romans chapter 7, and, and I'll read verse 4 again to dig in where we're going. So let's, let's read that, Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now that one verse says uh, 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 a mouthful. It is so much in that one verse tells us that we've become dead to the law, that where we were once held bound under the law, uh, which carries a curse with it, the Bible teaches, and we were we were bound by the law. Galatians 3.23 says that we were shut up unto the faith uh, until Jesus would come and justify us through his work. And that's what the body of Christ means, the very physical body of Jesus Christ and what he did through humbly, obediently dying for us at the cross. And because he did that in our believing upon him from our heart in what he did there for us, now that allows us to be married to him when he raised himself from the dead by the Spirit of God. Now we can be married to him and not the law that had us bound. You need to understand that. And only through this avenue in the previous chapter 6 teaches it so wonderfully and beautifully that, that it's only as we died with Christ and were buried with him and raised to newness of life in him that we can only live as resurrected saints. Our faith has to be in and remain in and never be moved from Jesus and his finished work, his death, provided for us at Calvary. It can't move to anything else. For when it does move to anything else we do, then we're walking in a self-doing righteousness instead of a Christ having obtained our righteousness before God for us. And never forget that. And so, and this is very important. This is the only avenue anybody can ever bring forth fruit unto God. Jesus taught it in John 15 that unless we abide in him, that means continue in him the same way we got in him. Colossians 2, 6 and Romans chapter 6 verse 3 tells us how we got in him and how we are to walk in him, which is just like we received him, believing upon him and what he did for us at Calvary. Outside of that, we cannot bear fruit unto God. There, because, listen, the only fruit God accepts is the fruit of righteousness, Christ righteousness, which we have had imputed unto us, but never forget the only righteousness we have been offered by God is the righteousness of Christ who is our Lord of righteousness. And any fruits that God is pleased with is the fruit of His righteousness. Remember, it's His righteousness or it's what we think we're performing and achieving 
and we and that's to God that's only self-righteousness and that's filthy to him it's either the fruit of what Christ did at Calvary through our faith in what he did at Calvary and the Holy Spirit then allowed to do that work in and through us called a perfect work that God is looking for. Again, read Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. He told the church in Sardis, I've not found your works perfect before me. It's a very important matter that you and I need to be aware of. We're not saved by works, but what the church has done, because of that truth, we've just taken works, put it in a package, and thrown it out. No, God is very... Uh, works are very important to the Lord. He's looking to see if you will continue to walk in that which he's ordained you to walk in, those works that are perfect before him because it is him who's allowed to work in you, through you, because of your faith in his righteousness, his plan, his way, his only avenue of righteousness. And it doesn't mean just because you're in because of faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary that now just whatever you do has righteous fruit. No, it, you're the only ob have you ever thought of this? The only object of faith God has ever given anyone is the sacrificial system. He told Adam and Eve, you're to believe that I will send a redeemer and that redeemer... That seed of the woman's going to crush the enemy's head and he's going to bruise his heel. That was the story of Calvary. And then God gave them the only avenue through which that promise could affect them and that's the sacrifice. And then he didn't just say, if you believe it one time, I got you, I see you believe it and that's it. No, all through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, sacrificed, hear me, after sacrifice. That's why Jesus comes along and says, if any man's going to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross every day, every day, and follow me. It's not just a one-time, it's a one-time thing that gets you in, but listen, it's that same thing that got you in, that keeps you in, that gives you the power while you're walking through this life. Anything other than that work of Christ at Calvary for our faith to be in means it's in something we're doing, and that again is self-righteousness. That's what it results in, and not the righteousness of Christ. So watch this. Verse 5 and we could stay in verse 4 for 90 days. But we're moving on here for the sake of uh, time. And, and verse 5 says, Because when we were in the flesh, and he's talking about, if you look back in verse 4, he talks about we become dead to the law. Listen, you and I, as children of God, I believe the Bible teaches we're under grace. He, he redeemed us that were under the law. He was made of a woman under law that he might redeem those that are under law. That's all human beings under law. And he redeemed us from the law. And he placed us under grace, which means the plan of God, which means what God does through Christ. Remember, never forget, Grace is not something floating around. Grace is not something I can just do and tag it with grace. Grace is what God does in and through Jesus Christ. 
We're to be growing in the knowledge of Christ, the grace of Christ. Grace is what God does in and through Christ. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. 2 Corinthians 5.19. Make a note of it. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He did that at Calvary. And what God does in my life, in your life today, is called God's grace. But God's grace, never forget this, is God doing something I cannot do, I cannot earn, I cannot pay for, and I do not deserve. He does it because he loves me and he finds my faith, my heart, believing unto his righteousness, Romans 10.10. He finds my heart, not my lips, he finds my heart believing unto his righteousness, which is the way of Christ and his sacrificial work at Calvary. That's right at the cross. Now you need to remember that. You need to remember that God's grace is God doing something in and through Christ in you, for you, with you, to you. Think about that. That's powerful. I know God's grace is defined in many, many uh, definitions, and they're all good, all the ones I've heard. But let's get back to the basics. Let's keep it simple for, for, for everyone. God's grace is God doing something. And if God's doing something, there will be the fruit of God doing something. Amen, Brother Curtis. So, watch this. When we were in the flesh, that means under the law, and let me get back to that for a moment. I know I'm chasing rabbit trails, but it's got, we've got to do that. When he saved us, he delivered us from the law. The relationship we, we, the relationship we had with the law, which was a bondage under the law, changed. We've been delivered from the law, and we'll see that in verse 6. We've been delivered from the law, and now we're married to the one who was raised from the dead, that being in Jesus to bring forth fruits unto him. And he put us under grace. But notice here in verse 5, when we were in the flesh, that means under the law. In the law, it's just flesh. A guy sent me, a, I don't know who he is, but uh, he, he sent me an email uh, telling me that I could receive the Holy Spirit if I would be baptized. And he's talking about water in Jesus' name only. And, you know, I, I was baptized many, many years ago in water and, and in the name of the Father, the Son. Hey, how about that? The Son, that's Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, and the Holy Spirit. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you cannot receive the Holy Spirit until you're baptized by someone in water in the name of Jesus only. A procedure, a form, a pattern that man has come up with and that if you don't do that just like that, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad the Bible refutes all that foolishness and, and tells me that all I have to do is believe and that God gives me his spirit and the reason he's one of the reasons he's given me his spirit 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 is so I'll know everything that Jesus died to give me freely thing nothing I can work when I'm working for it doing something for it means I'm not going to get it 
because grace is freely offered. Let me say that again. Those are so, oh, they're sweet words. Grace is freely offered to those who believe, not work. Those who work think God owes them. Those who work have a, have a God owes me mentality and that self-righteousness. God, I did this, you owe me. I did it myself. God, I'm like Cain. I worked this. I did this. Now you owe me. And I, I, I've done exactly what your Bible has said. I, I, you know, what we're telling God is I'm living according to the, letter, the law of the letter and not the newness of the Spirit. To live according to the newness of the Spirit, which we're not far away from discussing, is to be living according to what God offers freely by grace, which means through what he did in Christ at Calvary. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad somebody's hearing me today. I'm glad somebody's hearing the Lord deliver them today from the bondages of all the lies by all the preachers and, and people who, yes, they care about you in, in, in their own eyes. They care about you, but in God's eyes, they don't really care about you. You need, to, you need to hear that again. I believe that preachers care about their people, their flock, their congregations in, in, in our own eyes. But in God's eyes, a shepherd, an under-shepherd under Christ that's, that's telling people they have to work for anything, they have to work, they have to do a work to be saved, they have to do a work to be sanctified, they have to do a work to have the provision of God. God sees it that they don't care about you. See, because God sees what the people don't see, they're being lied to. See, that's powerful. That's very powerful. So when we were in the flesh, and, I, and, I, and every time I say that, it seems like the Holy Spirit won't let me move on. When we were in the flesh, it's because we were under law. And, and I'm, I'm not so sure, and those of you who follow my teaching on, on this have heard me say this, I'm not so sure, I'm not saying that we don't, but I'm not so sure that we literally go back under law but because we're under grace, but sometimes we go back and live as though we're under law. Sometimes we go back and live by do's and don'ts and, 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 and for, for, for salvation and, and works for salvation. So, you know, and, and the way it was for me for years after I was born again, even several years in ministry, in pulpit ministry, I always knew what it took to be born again, to be saved, to enter the kingdom was simple childlike faith in the work of Jesus at Calvary. Never got it wrong, knew it, was raised a Baptist fella till I learned about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and God got me, uh, filled me with the Holy Spirit according to the word, not worried about whatever other person thinks or says and all the false things they say. I'm sticking with the Bible. And when you do that, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praise God for it. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When, when we were under the law, all we could do is operate in the flesh. Under law... All we can do is operate in the flesh. The sin nature dominates. We studied that in Romans 6. The sin, and we'll see it here in verse 5. The sin nature dominates the Christian under law. When we go back and live as though we're under law, we're in the flesh. Watch this in verse 5. Because when we were in the flesh, that means under law, 
the motions, the passions of sins, and that's the sin nature. That's the noun, harmartia. That's the noun. That's not committing the acts of sins. This is the sin nature. This is what made us commit the acts of sin. This is why we couldn't stop committing acts of sin. This is why we swore we would never say that again, and we said it again. We swore we would never do that again, but we did it again because the sin nature was being fueled by the flesh, which was, look at verse 5, which was by the law. When we try to live according to the law, the what I have to do instead of faith in what Christ did for me, then the sin nature is revived and begins to dominate again. Why? Because we're living as though we're back under the law. We're, listen, if we're now married to Jesus and no longer married to the law, Listen, when we go back and we begin to live as though we have to work for any portion of our salvation, we're dabbling with who we used to be married to. What do you think Jesus thinks about that? That is spiritual adultery. Don't dare say there's no such thing. It's right here in chapter 7. We are married to Jesus because of our faith, our believing from the heart unto his righteous work at Calvary, his death for us for the atonement of our sins. We believe that from the heart and we're born again, we're saved. He does that. And we're married to him now to bring forth fruit unto God. But when we move away from simple faith in his work at Calvary to something we do, the government of 12, the purpose driven, the words we speak, fasting, prayer, giving, all those things, the giving, the fasting, the prayer, not the purpose driven in the government of 12, biblical things in the word of God, we're called to be a part of. We're called to, to allow those things to be a part of our lives, to walk in those things. But when we move our faith from the sacrifice of Christ to those things, then our faith is knowing what we're doing again. And law is not just Ten Commandments. Law is when I'm working for any portion of my salvation. <clears throat> Think about that. We don't work our way into the kingdom but once we're in the kingdom, we realize God has ordained us to walk in works that are all in Christ, Ephesians 2.10. So watch this. For when we, were, when we were in the flesh under the law, the passions, the motions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now I want you to skip down to verse 11, and we will go back and cover each of these verses. We're not going to miss anything here. But verse 11 says, because sin, the sin nature, that's the noun there, not you committing acts of sin, which is all that can happen in the eyes of God when the sin nature is reigning. All, the fruit of the sin nature is ungodliness and unrighteousness, no matter even if it's good deeds that we're doing in the eyes of men. Again, go back and read Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, where the Lord Jesus Christ, through John, tells the church in Sardis, you have a name, you're alive, but you're dead. Now Christ, who is our life, and Paul would write in Philippians 1 and 21, that to live is Christ. For Jesus to tell the church in Sardis they're dead means there's something wrong with their faith because we live by faith. And we experience life, who is Christ, by faith in what he did at Calvary. That simply explained 
They had a name. They were alive. That means they were going, man. They were moving. Ever. They had a reputation. That's a church alive. But Jesus shows up and says, you're dead. That literally means they were denying Christ through their works. And he wasn't being allowed to work in that church because he has to tell them, you've got to remember how you heard and received. Remember how you heard and received. How did we hear and receive? Faith in the sacrifice of Christ. You heard and you received. If that changes, my friend, you're no longer hearing and you're no longer receiving. And if you're disagreeing with me right now, you're just faking it and that's why you're stressed. That's why you're oppressed. That's why you can't get happy until you get in a building full of people who are oppressed and stressed and faking it just like you are. And God wants to bring you out of that. But you'll have to let go of all the things that you're holding to. And you really don't do that first. You really just accept the truth of Christ and His sacrificial work as the only object of faith God has offered. And when you latch a hold of that through believing that alone, God moves, saves, delivers, and heals, provides, and brings a powerful presence of God in your life alone. Then the power of the Holy Spirit will be there for you to forsake, just like the Apostle Paul all other things and to be able to count it all dung. Hallelujah. You don't start counting it all dung. You don't start letting go of it until you grab a hold of what's right. Until you grab a hold of what's right, you can never let go of what's not right. You don't start letting go of what's wrong until you grab what's right. Hallelujah. And what's right is Christ and Him crucified. So let's, let's watch this now. We've got about five minutes left. When we were in the flesh, that means operating under the law by the do's and don'ts, what we did and what we didn't do, the, the, the motions, the passions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. And fruit unto death means there was a manifestation there in the eyes of God that we were not His that we were not His. When we were in the flesh under law, we were not redeemed yet. The redeemed are delivered from the law and His desires that we learn to live dead to the law and not allow the law to revive the sin nature that He died unto for us to deliver us from to reign again in our lives. So look at verse 11. For sin, the sin nature, taking occasion by the commandment the law deceived me and it slew me. When we live according to procedures, to rules, regulations, that's called law. And let's keep it simple. Keep it simple. Grace is what God does in Christ. Law is what you do for self-righteousness. That's right, it's simple faith in Christ and what He did for you. That never changes. Yes, we go to church, we study the Word of God, we witness, we pray, we fast, we give tithes and offerings. Yes, we pray without ceasing. Yes, we are, uh, yes, we, all these works we walk in that God has ordained for us to walk in. Again, Ephesians 2.10. But it's because we're His workmanship. 
It is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good, to will and to do of his good pleasure. But that only takes place, my friend, while our faith is in Christ. That means what he did for us at Calvary. When we move it to some program that God sees as a golden calf, then we fall into that category of what Titus wrote in chapter 1 verse 16. We profess we know God, but we deny him in our works. That's not talking about the Jack Daniel drinkers and the drug abusers and, and the perverts out there. That's talking about people that profess they know God, but we deny him in our works thinking we have to work our way in. We have to work our way through. And when the Bible says work out your own salvation, you need to understand that just means come to the conclusion that your salvation, salvation has, was complete in Christ. And when you believed upon him, it was complete then. We're complete in him, the Bible says. And we're just to walk in that completed, finished work of Christ. We don't walk and work to finish. We walk and work in that which has been finished. And those who disagree with that are calling Jesus a liar from their heart. They would never say Jesus is a liar, but those who think they have to work for salvation are calling Jesus a liar. He finished it. He provided it. So the sin nature, look at verse 11 again, and we'll back up and get all these scriptures uh, through this teaching. The sin nature, it's the noun, harmartia, it's the noun. It's not committing acts of sin here. It's the sin nature takes occasion by the commandment, by the law. When we try to live according to what we do instead of what Christ did, and it's so easily done, most preachers are even doing it today. Ninety-something percent of preachers are in this category today. They can tell you what it takes to be saved, but they are not preaching. Very few are preaching and teaching the same message that saved you is the same message that gives you the power of God to live victoriously this life, this life of Christianity, this way of Christ where sin no longer dominates us, not because we fight against sin, but because Jesus defeated sin. And now we just fight the good fight of faith so that we can walk in his victorious, his victorious triumph for us that he provided at Calvary. Listen, that drug addiction that you have been in bondage to for so long, Jesus nailed that to the cross when he died for you. That alcoholism that has you bound and you keep making excuses for, there's no excuse. Jesus died and nailed it to the cross. And if you'll keep believing in the cross, I didn't say getting on social media and telling everybody, when you in your heart begin to believe the message of the cross is what the Bible says it is, the power of God. And that's the only object of faith God has given humanity. You will begin to see the power of God in your life. And you ministers who are listening, even some of you who don't want people to know you're listening, God sees you listening. He wants you to know when you finally get so low and so broken 
to accept this message in your heart, then God will bring the true ministry he's called you to, which is the ministry of reconciliation. He's called you. Many are called, but there are very few who are sent because God's not going to send anybody that's preaching law to his people. Jeremiah prophesied and said when God raises up pastors, they, those, what God feeds through them will, will remove fear, dismay, and lack. There's only one message that removes those things, and that's the message of Christ and Him crucified. I hope you'll join us every Monday morning and Thursday morning here at 8.30 a.m. Central Time for this Romans Bible study. We desperately need it in these last times. Most people just want to listen to somebody famous who's got a broadcast on TV. What you need is somebody delivering the Word of God to you as it is truth in its righteous context. Because outside of that, it's not the Holy Spirit delivering it to you. Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And that, my friend, is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not what we do in and of ourselves. Praise God. Well, I'll see you Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And until then, I love you, God bless you, and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.